It's, it's probably, other than being a dad, it's the most fun, it's the funnest job that I've ever had. And it's not, the thing about pastoring, it's not a job, it's a calling. And um, my pastor, he, he gave me all these warnings when I was, when I was a young minister. He was like, oh, people, they'll, they'll chew you up and spit you out. And there was, there was all these warnings about how, how bad, you know, people could do you. But the thing is, in, in, in my short experience being a pastor, the people, um, that's been the absolute best part, is uh, when I see people taking steps toward Jesus, it just affects me, man. It messes me up, and I'll just get up here and cry. And um, when, when you guys love on us, you have no idea the energy that that gives me and Brittany. When, when, you know, when you say, Pastor, I appreciate that word, or Pastor, I appreciate you know, this or that, man, it just really builds us up. So we really do thank you from the bottom of our hearts, and we're excited. Um, you know, I, I try to make sure that Pastor Appreciation, I appreciate, I, I really do, but I try to make sure that we're appreciating Pastor Daphne and Pastor Monica and Pastor Jason, because it's not just about me. This is a team. This is a family. I never want it to be just about me and Brittany. Come on, it's about Jesus, and we're a group of people just doing everything we can to get closer to Him. Amen? Amen. So, hey, I want to share with you this morning, and don't worry, I will be quick because I've been assembly of God long enough to understand that you can lose a crowd as soon as we start smelling fried chicken. So um, I, will, I will go as quick as I can this morning. Um, but I, I wanted to uh, share a message. I got inspired um, by a lady that I work with. And um, uh, turn before I get ahead of myself... If you want to turn to Acts, Acts 1, I'll give you a head start. We're going to look at Acts 1. We're going to look at Romans 8. Um, so if you want to turn to those and maybe just make a little mark, put a little bookmark in there. Um, I got inspired because, as you know, I, I work for the funeral home. And um, we have funerals. Uh, people, uh, I, I like to say, I go to a lot more funerals than most people. And uh, we, you know, I, can, I could bore you all day with stories about funerals. But the other day... At the funeral home, we have a camera system. Years ago, don't worry about that. Years ago, um, y'all, y'all celebrate Clayton because he put new strings on his guitar this morning, and new strings will sabotage you. They look pretty and they can sound pretty, but they will absolutely sabotage a guitar player. So Clayton was he was doing his best this morning, man. I appreciate you, brother. Anyway, so we had a we had a security issue about. Eight years ago, and we, we installed this big camera system at the funeral home, and, and I, like to, uh, I like to pull those cameras and see what's going on, and, you know, if anything funny ever happens, uh, we can pull the cameras and be like, oh, my gosh, look at this thing. Well, the other day, um, we had had a funeral for an, uh, someone that was Assemblies of God had passed away. They had gone on to their reward, and after the funeral, this lady that works at the funeral home, she came running in my office, and she said, Jimmy! And I... I was like, I'm drinking my coffee. I'm like, what? You know? And uh, she said, I seen a ghost. I said, oh, you did? Listen, y'all, I'm Velma, okay? I don't believe. Obviously, I believe in the supernatural, and I believe that there is, there is spiritual activity. I believe that there's good spiritual activity that's from the Holy Spirit. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. And I believe there's bad spiritual activity. We preach about those things. But I don't believe that there are ghosts walking around, okay? All right? And so this lady comes in, and she's freaking out. She's I saw a ghost on the camera. 
right there. And I go, okay. So I go in there and I pull the camera and I say, ma'am, that is a spider web. That's not what I saw. It was moving. I said, okay. And so we go and we look and here goes this thing. And I said, I don't want to freak you out. I don't want to scare you, but I know what that is. And she goes, what was it? I said, dust. <laughs> and so it was dust. And she, this is what she said that made me, made me think about this. She said, well, I know that was an assembly of God person that died. And I know y'all are ghost hunters. <laughs> and at first, I was a little offended. Because I thought, what do you mean ghost hunters? Like, are we sitting around with a with a radio and turning the dial and see if a ghost will talk to us. And I was a little offended, and I was like, well, everybody, and I was, you know. And then I got to thinking about it, and, you know, the, the Holy Spirit helped me understand we absolutely are ghost hunters in this church. We absolutely are ghost pursuers. Because when I was growing up, when we talked about the Holy Spirit, we said what? Holy Ghost. And you can remember, if you've been Assemblies of God very long, come on, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. We would have Holy Ghost services, come on. And if you didn't know what that was, you're thinking, ghost, what? And that's how you could come up with something like ghost hunters. But we would have these spirit-filled and spirit-led services where the gifts of the Holy Spirit would be used, where prophecy would be given, where, where tongues and interpretation. And guess what? Hey, I keep saying we used to do that. We still do that at Community Church. Thank God for that. Come on. But in 2022, we don't say ghost as much. <coughs> Y'all excuse me if I cough a little bit. I'm almost done with this voice mess. It's going to get me for a solid month. And there are people in my life that are going, thank you, Lord, for that respite, for that sabbatical from hearing JB talk all the time. Anyway, all right. So we still do those things. Now, we don't say a Holy Ghost as much. I still like to throw that. I still like to say Holy Ghost because there's just something about it. But we don't say, we say Holy Spirit a lot because so many new people have come into the assemblies of God that when you say ghost, they kind of worry about that. So we say spirit. And so today I want to talk about being a ghost hunter because we are absolutely seekers of the Holy Ghost in this movement, not just in Community Church North Webster, but in the greater Pentecostal New Testament church movement. And so uh, I use the P word. Some of y'all said, oh, Pentecostal. Here's the thing. We are not afraid at Community Church to honor our Pentecostal spirit-filled heritage and our spirit-filled Pentecostal present. Come on, somebody. Let me just get off on a soapbox for just a minute. Here's a, let me step on this tissue box. The word Pentecostal has been used and abused to describe things that may not make a lot of sense. People screaming and hollering and, you know, they say, do y'all swing from the chandeliers? We absolutely do not. Have you seen these things? Any one of us swings from that is coming down. Okay? So listen, uh, the word Pentecostal, it's been used to describe movements that, that, 
that do certain things. Let me tell you what Pentecostalism is. Pentecostalism does not mean that you have a hairdo. Pentecostalism does not mean that you go to church every time the door is open. Pentecostalism means that you live a life that seeks the Holy Spirit and you are a true ghost hunter. Come on. That's what Pentecost is. That you want to be so full of the fire of the Holy Spirit that every time a demon tries to come and attack your house, they stop for a second and say, wait, that's a Pentecostal that lives in there. I better get back up. I better do something. Pentecostalism does not mean that you do a certain thing at a certain time on a certain day. It means that you seek the Holy Spirit every single day of your life. Come on, somebody. Are you with me this morning? I'm talking to some Pentecostals, right? I don't want it to be, I never want to shy away from that term. There was a long time when I was a youth pastor that I would say spirit-filled, 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 spirit-filled. Yes, we're spirit-filled. Yes, we're spirit-led. But I'm not going to be ashamed of the term Pentecostal. I'm not going to be ashamed of that term because Pentecost is New Testament. The New Testament church is a Pentecostal movement seeking the Spirit of God. So why? Why? Why are you Pentecostal? Why are you Pentecostal? I, I faced this question when I was in Master's Commission. If you don't know what Master's Commission is, it's an internship program. And I was attending classes with Southwestern Assemblies of God University. Go Lions. They're terrible at football, good at volleyball. It's an Assemblies of God thing. Come on. And so I was, I was attending that school, and we were doing a, a class on pneumatology. Pneumatology is the study of the Holy Spirit, okay? We were doing this class, and, and the, the professor stopped us, and he said, I want to know who is, assembly, who is assemblies of God. And, a, you know, a few people raised their hand. I raised my hand. I said, I was born that way, okay? I, I came out. And, you know, they had to get me out of, I was born at, at uh, Arkansas Baptist Medical Center. They had to get me out of there so fast because they thought, this dude's going to get too much Pentecost in this Baptist Medical Center. Sorry. That was a terrible joke. Anyway, and so, you know, I raised my hand. He said, why are you Pentecostal? And I was like, well, I grew up in a Pentecostal. Why are you Assemblies of God? Well, I grew up in a Assemblies of God church. He said, that's not a good reason. And I was like, I'm sorry. I'm very embarrassed now. Let me sit down. You know, he said, that's not a good reason. He said, I'm not trying to dishonor your heritage. I'm not trying to dishonor your church. He said, but you better be grounded in this, not in a church. I mean, don't get me wrong. Go to church. Don't just attend. Serve. But he said, your belief better be grounded in this and not in a pastor, not in a suit. Come on, not in a slide on the wall. Be grounded in the word. And so that really challenged me. And I began to really seek this, this movement. Why am, I, why am I Pentecostal? Why am I Pentecostal? And I began to realize I'm Pentecostal because I want, the, I want the most I can get out of my relationship with Jesus. And I don't think there's a better way to follow Jesus and get everything out of that relationship that you can than being a Pentecostal believer. Come on. And um, the new, uh, like I said earlier, the New Testament church is a Pentecostal spirit-seeking movement. All right, so why are we Pentecostal? Why are we ghost hunters? Why do we seek the Spirit? Number one this morning is because it is promised to us. It is promised to us. If somebody says they're going to give you something, you ever ate at Wendy's? Have you ever eaten at Wendy's? Some of y'all ate at Wendy's? I ate, I ate at real Wendy's house one time. Come on. She's gone. She left. It was a joke just for her, and she left. 
If you go, the saddest thing at Wendy's or McDonald's or Burger King is when you see somebody standing up by the counter with a receipt. And you're like, wow, that person is not living in the fullness. They're, they're missing something in their life. They go, you go up there and you stand there with your receipt and you sigh really loud. <sighs> Just so somebody will hear you. You know, somebody's over there trying to fix the ice cream machine because it's still broken. And you want them to turn around and acknowledge you because you're missing something. Like, hey, I ordered six nuggets, only got four, all right? We got to do something. So if, if someone promises you something and only gives you half, you got a problem. You say, whoa, wait, whoa, wait, you didn't give me everything you're supposed to give me. Come on, you didn't give me everything. And so as Pentecostals, we want to pursue the fullness of a life in the Spirit because it is promised to us. We want to pursue the Holy Spirit in our lives. We want to pursue that Pentecostal life because it is promised to us. Let's look at Acts 1, starting at verse 4. It says, uh, once when he, this is talking about Jesus, once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8. Come on, we know this one. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Y'all, that means Spring Hill too. Come on. I want the full experience. I don't want just part of it. I don't want to just show up and say, man, church was pretty great today. Let's go to Chavo's. You know, I don't want to do that. I want to live a life that seeks the Holy Spirit. I want to live a life that seeks the face of Jesus. And the Spirit of God is the presence of God. I want the presence of God in my life. And let me tell you something, as your pastor and as your Christian brother, I want that for you too. Because when you have the presence of God in your life every single day, things are different. Come on, you want the full experience. Do you guys remember when 3D movies started to come back? Like I know 3D movies were a thing, but they started to come back and we went to see this movie and I was like, I was kind of being just a knot on the log. Sometimes I get that way. No comments, please. Sometimes I get that way. Nobody look at Brittany. All right, come on. And uh, you had to pay extra for the 3D movie. And I'm like, I ain't paying extra for this. So I go in there and I sit down. And I realized, Lynn, very quickly, you can't watch a 3D movie without the 3D glasses because everything looks wrong. And I was like, well, this is going to be a very long movie because I'm going to have a seizure looking at this. And I was kind of mad, but I didn't want anybody to notice. And I'm like, I'm not fixing to go and pay $3 for these glasses. So I'm looking around, what can I do? And I noticed some glasses on the floor. And I thought, I could probably use those. So I put them on my face. And they smelled kind of weird, but it's okay. But I got the full experience. See, that's the thing. We want the full experience. The full experience. I don't want to ever have a relationship with Jesus that's just like texting. Come on. It's just texting. There's a big difference between texting someone and having a face-to-face conversation. Amen? Sometimes you text somebody, and they'll say something like, okay, and then you have a big fight. 
because they said okay. And you're like, and you're like, why did we have a big fight? Well, because you said okay. Yeah, I said okay, like okay. And they're like, well, I thought you said it like okay. <laughs> Texting's dangerous. We want the full experience. And I believe with all my heart that that's what Jesus wants with us. I think he wants a full relationship. I think he wants a face-to-face relationship. And that's why we're ghost hunters. Ghost hunters want that. We want to seek the presence of God. We want that presence in our lives. The second thing, why are we ghost hunters? Why are we, why are we people that seek after the Spirit of God? Is life in the Spirit. Um, Romans 8 says, those who were dominated by the sinful nature. We're going, to lead, we're going to read a lot here, so bear with me. Come on. We can study the Bible, right? Right? Good? Come on. All right. It says, those who are dominated. By the sinful nature, think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, think about the things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. Come on. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. Wow. Wow. That's heavy. That's a heavy word coming from the book of Romans. When we're embracing our sin, we can't please God. And I think that we have to realize that we have to make a decision when we, dis- when we decide to follow Jesus, we have to leave some things behind. Um, John, uh, John Maxwell says, sometimes you have to give up to go up. Come on, you've got to let go of something to grow. You've got to give some kind of sacrifice to move further. Come on, you've got to give up to go up. And I think that something that we have to do as Christians is we have to constantly look at what we're doing and see if there's anything we need to adjust. Maybe, maybe we're, we're having a faith crisis and we need to say, hold on, hold on, God, I need to trust you a little bit more. Maybe we're letting our temper get control of us at some times. We have to get away from those things, get away from that sinful nature and embrace the Holy Spirit. Uh, Paul goes on, says, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation, come on, to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the, uh, the, but through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. Come on, ghost hunters want that life. We want life in the Spirit. And, and I don't think I think that this means two things here. When he says you will die. I think that he's speaking literally and figuratively. I think that he means, yes, you can mess up and actually physically die because you're following sin. But I think what happens much more quickly is spiritually you experience death. And ghost hunters don't want that. Come on, somebody. Is there, are there any ghost hunters in the house this morning? Can I use that term? 
No? Come on. Come on. Are there any, is there anybody with me this morning that seeks the Spirit? Come on. That seeks the Spirit. You know, we want more. We want that life. Listen, the infilling of the Holy Spirit gives us the power to say no to things that our flesh person desires. How many of you know people that say, hey, I love Jesus, I follow Jesus, I'm a Christian, but they're still doing things? Come on. They're still cussing people out. They're still, I'm a metal just a little bit, Pastor. They're still cussing people out. They're still slandering people. Paul says, put aside all malice and all forms of slander. Somebody showed me a TikTok, and it was some people that had just been to church, and pastor was talking about gossip, and they were sitting at the restaurant, and they were all just like. I don't want to be like that. Come on. We want to build people up. You know, the Bible does give you the option to talk about people, Sean. The Bible gives you the option to talk about people in front of them and behind their back if you do it in a positive way constructive, building them up way. And so that's what I want my family at Community Church to be known for, is for building up, not tearing down. Come on. But there's a lot of us that still have that problem. When you pursue the Holy Spirit, come on, when you become that ghost hunter, those things begin to leave your life. When When you are full of the Holy Spirit, all that stuff goes away because your life is led by that Spirit, and you begin to live that life in the spirit. And there's a power to that. There's a power to uh, uh, someone that's, that's, that's kind of just carrying that title of Christian. And, you know, they've been members at, at, at whatever church for, for 30 years, and they go twice a year uh, on Christmas and Easter, and that's it. They still have problems. Come on, I'm preaching a little bit hard right now. But I don't, that, why? Because I don't want that for you. I want you to have that full life in a full spirit. Amen? Come on. Um, There's a big difference between just someone that believes, uh, yeah, I believe in Jesus, and a ghost hunter, and I want to be a ghost hunter. Come on. The third thing is spirit empowerment. Come on. And and listen, here's the thing. I'm I'm a Pentecostal, but you're never going to hear me say, well, man, you you need to get louder in worship. Man, you need to run the aisles. Come on. Well, the reason this church isn't moving is because we don't do Jericho marches anymore. You're never going to hear me say that. What you're going to hear me do is you're going to hear me say that Pentecostalism is a way of life, living empowered by the Holy Spirit. That doesn't mean that you get crazy in worship. That's charismatic, okay? And, hey, I don't have a problem with that. When I'm leading worship, if I ever do that again, um, I get excited. Come on. I want to celebrate. That's why I ask you, let's celebrate Jesus. We want to be charismatic, but more important than, than being charismatic is being full of the Holy Spirit and pursuing that empowerment. Come on, somebody. So Acts 1.8 talks about you will receive power. And this word power uh, that Jesus uses, the Greek word is dunamis, which means strength, power, or ability. Come on. Strength, power, or ability. Let me just give you three examples really quickly. Being Walking with the Holy Spirit in your life, come on, being full of the Holy Spirit can give you the strength to endure situations, the power not to react to situations, and the ability to speak into situations. Can I just give you that real quick? And that's just a tiny little thing. When I encounter a believer that's full of the Holy Spirit, it doesn't matter if they're a similar to God, Baptist, Methodist, 
There are spirit-filled people in all these groups. Come on. When I encounter somebody that's full of the Holy Spirit, I can almost immediately tell just by the way that they walk through their life. Because people that are not full of the Holy Spirit, they get freaked out. And they scream and they, and they run and they panic. But people that are full of the Holy Spirit, they walk into the most dire situations with full hope and full faith because they've been given the power to deal with that stuff. And it's supernatural. Come on. So the English word that dunamis becomes is dynamite, explosive in spiritual warfare. That's what ghost hunters are, explosive. Come on, explosive. There's power to that. You ever been around when, they start, when people started blasting? Maybe they're putting a road, maybe they're mining or something. You can feel it. I remember a few years ago, there was a, a tragedy that happened in, in southern Arkansas. You guys remember that truck exploded and a guy lost his life. And he, the way he, he died, he, he died, he gave his life to save others. And so we celebrate that. But when that thing exploded, if you were in Spring Hill or the surrounding areas, you felt it. Y'all, that's power. And let me tell you something. When you begin to walk with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, it's explosive. It is explosive. And I want that for you. I want that for your life. The power to impact your community. Come on. The world. And watch this. Your home. The power to break generational things. I think that Satan wants to have things that happened 50 years ago mess you up today. And I think that Satan wants things that your great-great-grandpa or grandmother or uncle or somebody did to filter all the way down to your family today. And he wants that to pass on to your little ones. And I can tell you something. Ghost hunters break that stuff. People that seek the Holy Spirit break those generational curses. Things stop with Pentecostals. Come on, somebody. Things stop. Things like that stop because People that walk with the power of the Holy Spirit in their life have the ability through the Holy Spirit, have the power and the strength to stand against those generational curses, to stand against those things and say, no, it stops here. Come on. Some of y'all should celebrate on that because some of you have done that in your life, in your house. Some of you have been that person full of the Holy Spirit that stood and said, no, it stops here. The Bible talks about gifts of the Spirit. We're, gonna, we're not going to list all these things because I'm, I'm beginning to run out of time. But these are supernatural abilities. The Bible uh, refers to them as manifestations that people are given. These are called gifts of the Spirit. Please go look them up in 1 Corinthians 12. But here's what they do. These gifts of the Spirit offer everyday empowerment. Every situation you face can be impacted by your walk with Jesus. Come on, I think that's the way it should be. Every situation you face, and if you're walking with the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, I think you have an advantage. I really do. Why do I think that? Because God said it's a gift. God said it's something he wants us to have. He wants us to have that power. And so I ask you this morning, and we're not going to do, I'm not going to say, hey, come up. We want to, 
you know, we're going to slap you in the face and scream fire or anything. We're not going to do that. What I do want to do is ask you honestly, and you don't have to raise your hand. I just want you to reflect. Have you been pursuing the Holy Spirit in your life? Have you been a ghost hunter? Come on, if I can use that term one more time. Have you pursued the Spirit of God in your life? Have you pursued the presence of God in your home, in your marriage, in your children's lives? If the answer is no, does that mean you're a big bad sinner? Oh my gosh, there is. we better call somebody. No. I think things happen. I think we get frustrated. I think sometimes we get complacent. And so that's why I'm here to remind everybody the importance of being a pursuer of the Holy Spirit. Being a ghost hunter. Just like the lady said, y'all a bunch of ghost hunters. Yeah, you are absolutely right. We are people that pursue and seek the Spirit of God in our lives every day. I think we should do that, church family. And if you would stand with me this morning, I want to just pray a, just a prayer. And what I'm going to do is, is invite the Holy Spirit into my personal life. And I want you to just join with me. Saying, God, I am open to the working and the power of the Holy Spirit in my life, in my home, in my marriage, in my children's lives. And I believe with all my heart that when we're open and honest with, with Jesus, we say, God, I haven't pursued the Spirit, but I want to. I believe that 